Welcome to the Busy Pastor Podcast. My name is Greg Gibson. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Trent Stewart, the lead pastor at Foothills Church. This is episode 12, and today we are talking about being busy, becoming emotionally healthy. Welcome to the Busy Pastor Podcast, episode 12. And Trent, let's get right into the content today as we talk about becoming emotionally healthy. Mm -hmm. Our first question is, what are the indicators of a pastor who is not emotionally healthy? Yeah. Well, emotional intelligence or what they call EQ is um, important. I think the Bible would call that simply spiritual maturity. Yeah. So we're on the same vein as last episode a little bit. I think this is uh, slightly different. We'll talk about that. But a low EQ would be someone who just mainly thinks about himself and only cares about himself. Mm. Uh, Whereas a spiritually mature person or someone with a high emotional intelligence is someone who's thinking about others. And they're thinking about how they can help other people meet Jesus and how they can help other people grow in their faith. And so I think there's evidence that's going to point uh, to pastors uh, and, and to leaders about where they are emotionally and healthy. Like I said last time, we, we don't tend to look at ourselves in the mirror and see these blind spots. So I think sometimes, you know, when we're, when we're seeing it in other people, that should be an indicator that I need to question my own heart and and do I see that in myself? Mm. Um, And so I I think someone, you know, some indicators might be somebody that uh, uh, consistently avoids conflict. If you're not willing to have a difficult conversation, your emotional intelligence is probably pretty low. Like you can't just continue to avoid conflict or on the flip side, you're somebody who's response to conflict is losing your cool mm-hmm. and your voice is raising and your you know your your face is red and you're getting loud and those kinds of things. Yeah, so, zero to one hundred immediately. Yeah. Right. So there's no balance there. If you always have to be right, that's probably a pretty good indicator that you aren't um, emotionally healthy. So if you're arguing arguing a point to death to prove uh, that you're right, I mean, that's kind of a sign. Um, and when you're refusing to listen to someone else's uh, viewpoint as you're arguing, that, that'd be a good indicator. I think somebody with a lack of concern for just people's feelings. Yeah. So they're not empathetic. They're not really thinking about how other people are feeling about a certain situation. Right. Uh, would be an example. Somebody who has a lack of respect towards a certain setting or a, a certain group of people. So mm. you might be, that might be an example, might be like joking at the wrong time in, in that setting or saying something inappropriate when it's a serious uh, conversation, always trying to get a laugh instead of respecting that moment, mm. I think is is one of those um, uh, blind spots or areas, evidence. And then I would also say uh, having a victim mindset. So somebody that is blaming other people for the way they feel, or you're blaming church members for a lack of growth, or you're blaming your staff for a lack of growth in your church. You know, I always, I heard this um, from someone, I can't even remember, but if you've been there for more than three years at your church, then pretty much all the problems that are there are a result of your lack of leadership. Um, You've Mm. had time to address it or you created situations uh, that are there. And so we we don't want to have that victim mentality. And so, you know, we want to become people who can cope with high emotions, high emotional situations. If you're not able to cope with that and deal with that emotional situation between a staff member or a church member, you want to get to that point. Um, you can't just say, I can't deal with this now, or you walk away and ignore it. 
Um, so I, I think those are just a few examples that mainly all of this is about just being inward focused and doing more for what I like and what I'm comfortable doing instead of doing really what the right thing is. Yeah, I think we, when we see pastors who are not emotionally healthy, we're, we're going to see uh, extremes um, to the outbursts, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, we're going to see really low lows, yeah, right? So this almost this roller coaster of emotions. And it's so tied, like mm-hmm. you said, it's so tied to last week's episode, mm-hmm. being spiritually healthy, yeah, right? And, and, and these evidences often overlap when a pastor is not spiritually healthy and when a pastor is not emotionally healthy. And, and I think it's, this is such an important conversation because like you, like you just said, it is an indicator of your leadership, yeah. right? Your, your emotional health um, is going to give you a leadership lid as mm-hmm. a pastor mm-hmm. and people are going to be able to see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to affect how you preach. It's going to affect how you lead your family and, and, and even in so many other ways. And so, mm-hmm. So Trent, what are the marks of emotional health in a pastor that that we do want to see, that you want to see in yourself even? Well, I think you want to be as healthy as you can possibly be. And so in order to do that, I've got to work on me. Right. You know, I got to work on me and I've got to be honest about where I'm at and what I'm dealing with. And we want to portray that to our people because we want to model what that looks like. And so we're modeling emotional health and we want to do that in a healthy way so that people, you know, aspire to, to handle situations like we are. And, and I think the first thing we want to portray as emotionally healthy leaders is just steadiness. Mm-hmm. Um, this has been one of those years where it has been extremely emotional, you know, up and down with COVID and racial tensions and lots um, of opportunities uh, to react, lots of reactive situations. And so we need steadiness as Mm. leaders. And we want, you know, we want that emotional steadiness to, to, to be evident and seen. And so it's important, I think, for pastors to carry that and to, you know, be able to carry not only their own burdens, but they also have to be able to carry the responsibility of what other people are going through Mm. because, you know what your staff members are dealing with and what some church members are dealing with. You've got your own stuff. Your kids have their own stuff. There's a burden to carry there. And so we have to be able to process that burden. We have to be able to hand that off to the Lord and say, I can't do anything about, I can do what I can do. And then after that, God, I give the rest to you. You're in control. And But that helps with that steadiness. But as pastors, you know, people are looking uh, to us for leadership and guidance, and they're watching. And so we want to present that emotional intelligence of just not getting like to a point of just being so high emotionally that you're overreacting. And and then kind of uh, the other side would be just not saying or doing anything to where it looks like you don't care. Right. And so there's just that balance, I think, that we have to present ourselves on, even on social media, but even from the pulpit on Sunday mornings of how we are being steady with whatever situations we're, we're um, dealing with. And that's going to just portray consistency. Your people um, need to see that you, they can count on you to be consistent. Mm-hmm. If you're not consistent, uh, people tend not to follow you. Um, you're there sometimes, you're not there sometimes, you're on point, you're not, we don't know, we don't know about this guy. We need, our people need to see that we are consistent. Um, they need to see that we're committed like we're committed to the church, we're committed to them, we're committed to the community, and they also need to, to, they need clarity. People are really, really just leaning into this idea of clarity right now. We, 
They want to know, you know, where are we going? How are we dealing with this? Give us clarity of what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. So consistent, committed, clear. I want to just reemphasize that because that's so important. I think when we talk about um, emotional health, um, equaling leaders who are steady, Mm -hmm. right? And, and there's so much, uh, COVID has, has heightened mm-hmm. like the reactive lane. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, I think, you know, one thing that you said that I, I want to come back to is, is that in leadership and in guidance of our, of our people, our people are watching us. So when we are emotionally healthy, we have an opportunity to be invited right into people's lives. So in their, in their joy, in their pain, and so we're going to be able to serve people, mm-hmm. right? And I think when we are emotionally healthy, we attract emotionally healthy people too. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see our church become healthier as we are, as you said, consistent, committed, and clear in how we just present and portray ourselves to our church. Mm-hmm. And so so what are some other ways that, that we can uh, be emotionally healthy as pastors? I think... People need to know that we are safe. Yes. You know, like we're a safe leader. If they share something with us, you know, we have the ability to keep it confidential. Mm. Um, they know that, you know, we we will protect yes. and we will shepherd and we will guide, um, that we're not afraid to stand in the gap mm. of, you know, whether it be... Um, you know, criticism that somebody might be taking or, you know, flack or whatever it is that we're willing to like step into that situation and and have their back and, mm. and speak into that and support them. And so I think, I think, you know, in a world where there are so many unsafe male leaders, I think it's important that pastors, you know, fill that with with a confidence and with a safety that that people can just trust us because I mean, over the years, pastors have, you know, the stories get, you know, laid out on social media and in the news and they, they blow up one or, you know, one or two situations that happen. And then all of a sudden everybody thinks that, you know, ill will towards pastoral leadership. And so I think it's important, like we portray that safety. Yeah. I think when, when uh, people stop trusting us, they stop inviting us into their life. Mm -hmm. Right. So when we are steady and when we are safe, people are saying, Hey, we, we want your input. We want your counsel. We mm. want your shepherding. Mm-hmm. We want your voice in our life. Um, but when, when that trust isn't there, the opposite oh. is also true. People stop allowing us to have a voice in their life. And, and really, that's the baseline for pastoral ministry is that we want, we want people to, to, to invite us whether it's through our whatever apest model lane that we're leading in, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? We we in our in our designed based job description that we've talked about in previous episodes, uh, this is the work of ministry that we are doing, right? In in equipping yeah. uh, saints um, for the work, right? And and when we're healthy and steady and safe. Um, Man, the the ministry is is going to continue to to grow and, and also be healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you know, a couple other ways how we manage conflict, right, uh, is is going to be yeah. um, ways where we show signs of of emotional health. Um, how how we uh, are are confident as as a decision maker. Yeah, you know, in in how we portray decision making. Yeah, right as a leader. You're not going to have all the answers. That's right. Um, you won't. You won't have every perfect answer. 
Um, but people want to see that you will step into um, whatever that conflict, whatever that decision is, and you'll step into it with confidence, thinking and knowing, I can't make everybody happy. I'm not going to be able to make everybody happy, but this is where I feel like God is calling me and what I feel like the right decision is with my counsel around me, and I'm going to be confident in this. Mm. And it may not be perfect, but I feel good about it, and I'm going to lean into that. And uh, I want to be confident with the decisions that I make. If I'm constantly kind of wishy-washy and second-guessing myself on all of these things, then people tend not to follow that that yes. kind of leader. Yeah, absolutely. So, so just to recap, because this is this is incredibly important when we when we're talking about emotional health, this is this is really the the lid to your leadership in so many ways. So, emotionally uh, healthy leaders are steady. Emotionally healthy leaders are safe. Emotionally healthy leaders know how to to manage conflict. They can bring people together in mm-hmm. a peaceful mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Um, and and emotionally healthy leaders are confident decision makers. Mm-hmm. It's not the roller coaster of did I make yeah. this decision? Was it was it a bad decision? Just stop second guessing yourself. Get yes. out of your head. You know you're not going to make people listen. We'll go back to that last episode for a second where we talked about idols. If we're constantly second guessing decisions then perhaps an idol is we've become a people pleaser and we care more about pleasing people yeah, than really pleasing good. the Lord. And, and if that's the case, then that's going to be a huge lid to your leadership. And, and you got to smash that idol. And uh, not that you want to give the impression that you don't care about what people think. No, that's not it. Um, we want to get to a point to where I value what people say. But at the end of the day, as the pastor, as the leader, you've got to make a call and you've got to be confident about that call. And uh, we're not in the business of pleasing the masses. We're in the business of pleasing the Lord. Absolutely. And and in that, in, in decision making, there are going to be people who, right, don't love the decision that you made. Or if you're trying to create change in your church or or maybe you're, you know, now saying yes to the things that you've been saying not yet to, Um there's going to be opportunities for conflict and, and how you handle conflict and how you step into conflict mm-hmm. in so many ways is going to show your level of emotional health. And so uh, let's, let's pivot just for a second, because I think it's important as pastors, you know, this podcast being for pastors, mm-hmm. um, let's, let's talk about the family just okay. for a moment and, and talk about uh, our, our spouses and and why it's important for both our our wives and our family to be emotionally healthy. Yeah, that's huge. I, I mean, in so many ways, if I'm not emotionally healthy, then my family won't be emotionally healthy, and and I want them to grow spiritually. And so we want to lean into you know opportunities and ways to to help them in that. And so in First mm. Timothy three, we see. Uh, Paul gives some prescriptive characteristics to pastors, right? And one of them is to manage your household well. Um, now, this is this is uh, an interesting phrase, right? Because a lot of people take that to mean things that I I don't think Paul intended it to to make. I mean, the the implication uh, for the church and 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 for ministry is so important, but. If we can't manage our households well, then how can we manage God's household and God's family, right? Mm. That's huge. And at the same time, what does it really mean to manage your household well? Because a lot of times um, people think this means that your family has to be perfect. Right or that you have to perfectly manage your home. And so you have to have kids that are perfect. And when they step out, then what's going on here? Maybe this guy isn't managing his household well. And so pastors have to realize that dealing 
with issues as they arise is really what managing your household really looks like. I think people read that text and think, you know, uh, the pastor's kid morally fails in some way, then he needs to step down. I totally disagree with that. Mm. It's not what Paul is saying. Um, if I've got a child who morally fails and, and the pastor isn't doing anything, he, he doesn't care, he's disengaged, then I would say he's, he may not be managing well in that. Uh, but if he is managing, if he's trying, if he's leading, if he's pressing into that, then listen, you have to realize your kids are not going to be perfect. So you don't have to worry about if something happens, you know, they'd make a dumb mistake at school or whatever. Now all of a sudden your ministry's in jeopardy. Uh, you got to slow down here and realize that when they mess up and they will mess up as leaders who are managing our household well, we just manage it. And, and really the whole concept of being a manager means that you manage problems when they arise. And, and I think for a PK like me growing up in the church, my dad's a pastor, um, there are a lot of things that you can do that add pressure onto your kids that add to this. You know, if you're expecting perfection out of them and you're saying things like, if you mess up, I'm going to lose my job or, you know, you can't do this because I'm the pastor of this church. <laughs> I think you're putting undue pressure on them and you might be even putting resentment in their heart. I was thankful that my dad never did that. I was, I was also really thankful that my dad, he never brought frustration home from the office or from the church into the living room or around the dinner table. I didn't hear him talk negatively about any members in the church or mm. anybody at all in, in between he and my mom. They never, they never badmouth, they never criticize. And I'm thankful for that because I love God's church today. Had I grown up with this, you know, with that in, in the house, I probably would have looked at it differently. But, you know, they couldn't prevent the glass house. I mean, the glass house, you know, mentality of people are looking at your family differently as a pastor is a real thing. They couldn't prevent that. You can't stop or control how people put pressure on you and things that they say outside of, you know, that put that pressure on you. But I think when it comes to this, you've got to allow your kids to make mistakes and see that as an opportunity to help your kids mature in their faith. Yeah, I think that's so good. We've all heard the the saying that most things are more caught than taught. Mm -hmm. And so if we're going back to 1 Timothy 3, just for a moment, and we're managing our households well, and we're proving that we can manage the little flock that God's given us before yeah. we're stepping in mm-hmm. and do and you know and giving ourselves in in so many ways as sacrificial leaders to God's church, God's flock. Um, it's so important to begin there, and I yeah. and I think you know as we talked about really our one of our first questions in this episode, just the marks of emotional health in a pastor. Um, we want to see those things played out in the home yeah. too. Yeah. So we're modeling right. So if if, if these things are caught mm-hmm. from our wife and caught from our children. Yeah, we're, we're leading in such a way, we're, we're making disciples in such a way, even in our home, where our, our emotional uh, baseline in our home is also steady, yeah. right? And it's also safe. And we're modeling to our, our spouse and our children what it means to handle conflict and how we, how we do conflict in our home, yeah. how, how we make decisions in our home, how we spend money. These are, these are all indicators mm-hmm. of emotional health. Mm-hmm. If we, and, and, and granted, there are things that are outside of our control, like you said. Mm-hmm. Like we want to have environments and homes of grace, right? Um, but if we are going to step into this first 
flock, right? Mm-hmm. This first little church we can call it mm-hmm. and model emotional health. Um, we're going to see that catch, yeah, right? And, and we're going to see our, our spouse and, and children over time, mm-hmm. by God's grace, also become um, emotionally healthy too. Because this is yeah. the first place it is entrusted to us Absolutely. in the confines of our home. And so how, mm-hmm. uh, Trent, do we become emotionally healthy as pastors? So yeah. we've, we've talked a lot about just the baselines of emotional health what we see yeah. in emotionally healthy pastors, but, but how can we grow yeah. in, in this way? Cause I, I think would, we can, I think we can, and I think we have to, and I think we need to be diligent about it. And so I want to encourage everybody listening to make this uh, a priority for your, this season of your life is grow. And, and one of the resources I would encourage you to read is a book called emotional intelligence 2.0 by Travis Bradbury. Um, this is a good start. There's an assessment in there because I think assessing ourselves are, is one of those important things. Self-assessment, uh, friends assessing us, wife assessing us, having mm. these conversations about where do you see me you know, at my worst and, and uh, when do I lose my temper and when do I lose my, you know, my emotion, uh, control of my emotions. Those kinds of things are, are helpful conversations. Learn about yourself. Be humble about that. And then I would say, study 1 Corinthians 13. Um, this is the, the love section. You know, everybody's familiar with this, but love is patient, love is kind, it's long-suffering. In this passage, you're going to see qualities of emotional intelligence. I mean, this is what it means to love Jesus. This is what it means to be a Christian, uh, somebody that is going to be patient and kind and long-suffering. Um, these are qualities that give evidence to spiritual mature, maturity and emotional intelligence. And so your growth can is, is measured best by how you relate to others. And so when Christ is calling us to love our neighbor as ourselves, then are we loving our neighbor? Our neighbor being our wife, our neighbor being our kids, our staff yeah. members in our church. That's really and, good. And all of the love one another passages from Jesus, this is what we study to, to I think, grow. These are the things that, you know, if we love Jesus, then we're going to grow in our love and, and our understanding of what that means as we relate to other people. Yeah, and I think if if... If we are not emotionally healthy, right, then we should probably take a season of rest before things get worse in our life and our family and even our churches. And we mentioned this last episode when we talked about becoming spiritually healthy. Mm-hmm. It's so important to be emotionally healthy, right, as leaders and as pastors, that if we find ourselves in a season where we are not, it could be damaging. Yeah. And uh, there could be... Um, you know, catastrophic things that that begin to unfold because really of our lack of leadership mm-hmm. of ourself, mm. and, the, and and really th- this is a this is a leading self yeah. uh, conversation all around the spiritual growth stuff, all around the emotional health stuff. Well, that reminds me of a story. Um, so a couple of years ago, just kind of going through some personal things, family life. Mom passed away. Sister passed away. I got to a point to where I was emotionally just like zapped, mm. and um, I, I was I was feeling the weight of a brand new building that we were building and preaching every Sunday and all the other stuff that was happening in church life, just like everybody listening, right? And I got to this point to where I was like, man, I had just I just felt drained and I felt like I couldn't really give anything, and so I had a wise friend tell me. You need to sit down with your elders and you need to tell them 
exactly what you just told me. Hmm. And so I did. And I went to them and I said, guys, I just want you to know that I am zapped right now. I'm zapped. Hmm. And they said, don't come to work. Take a week off. Don't do anything. Do whatever you need to do in order to gather yourself. And uh, I just unplugged. And I took that time to read. I took what I talked about in the last episode, the things that connect me to the Lord, grow my my love for Him. Mm. I read books. I listened to sermons. I listened uh, to you know godly preaching, and uh, it was a it was a game changer. And I would say, if you are honest with your your staff, you're honest with your your you know whether it's an elder board or whatever it is. And um, I think you you definitely want to measure what you say, but I think at the end of the day, if you're at a point of just breakdown, you just need to say, I need time. I'm struggling. I need time. Here's why. I'm good. I know I'm going to be fine, but I see this in myself. I'm self-aware, and I know that I am just kind of empty right now. Your people will rise up and call you blessed. Pastors listening, there is a ton of wisdom in just that personal story. And um, again, that's the purpose of this podcast. We love you. We are for you. Uh, We are spending time putting this content together because we want to see pastors in it for the long haul. Mm -hmm. We want you to be spiritually healthy. We want you to be emotionally healthy, leading yourself well so that God continues to do incredible things through your ministry for his glory and the fame of Jesus. Uh, as long as he allows us to do this incredible thing called ministry. Thank you for listening to the Busy Pastor Podcast. As we close today's episode, as always, we, we want to invite you to do a few things. First of all, subscribe to the podcast. And if you like today's episode, leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcast. Secondly, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Busy Pastor. And today's episode is brought to you by the Saturday night parties that happen right when we begin studying for our sermons. <laughs> it's been quiet all day, and then all of a sudden the kids come out and decide to throw a party in your house. <laughs> right when we are ready to study. If you'd like to sponsor the Busy Pastor, email us at info at busypastor.org. Next time, we're talking about becoming busy, becoming physically healthy. Until then, let's be busy with the right things.